0: Hey, let's grab our Bibles and open up to the book of Matthew. book of Matthew. We're continuing on our series that we began, you know, several, uh, several weeks ago about living generously and compassionately in, uh, in the book of Jonah, in the book of James, and in the life and teaching of uh, uh, Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Uh, Matt is, like, a, just a friend, a brother in Christ that I respect probably as much as anybody else, you know, in the church that I know. He's, uh, he's a terrific person. He's a dad. He's a husband. He cares deeply about God's kingdom and the church. He's been an executive for many years with Ernst & Young and Clorox and Coca-Cola. He has a very important uh, position in, uh, you know, in those companies, but his first love is Jesus Christ. And all of us, and he is the one person in our church because being our administrator, volunteer administrator for eight years, and doing all the tax, you know, receipts for those of you that do uh, uh, that take deductions in your giving, you know, on your taxes. He's the one person who really, you know, pretty much is up to speed on, on where we're at and how we're doing. And I appreciate Matt, you saying those things. It's hard to talk about it, but we all want to know what's really happening and be able to evaluate you know, our lives. I love Matt, too, because he's a very straightforward guy. Some of my friends tend to tell me I kind of beat around a bush on certain points, okay? There are certain people, like Matt, Angel Bell, Vivian Haynes, Lois, why are these women, so many women, I'm coming into my mind. <laughs> Kelly Brown, I mean, these people in my life, they just, whoo, they just shoot it straight, okay, and it's good. Okay, uh, just facts. You know, let's know what's happening. And so, uh, we're, when we talk about an area about our compassion and our generosity, yes yeah, important to be uh, to be straightforward i got a text this morning uh from uh, Sonny sessions you know Sonny, many of you and he's sort of our senior you know kind of a preaching brother in uh in this area of uh of uh you know of the country and uh it's very dear to so many of us here in the atlanta area and uh we send texts to each other the, uh, the evangelist of the, of the various churches here in the Atlanta area. And we typically will do it on a Sunday morning. We'll be praying for each other. We'll give each other a scripture of encouragement. And here's what he sent out today. Brothers, we get to stand among those who are light in this crooked and depraved generation. Let us inspire and let us challenge them to be the light that shines in the darkness like our Lord Jesus shines. Now, uh, I'll do my best to do that. This is the preaching part of our time together. It's when we open up the Bible and we do our best to look at some scriptures honestly, sincerely, and we're, we're taught things and we're preached at. Okay? You enjoy being preached at? I mean, you want to have somebody that's vulnerable. We try to be open about our lives. and. Somebody who's sensitive and somebody, you know, who's not just prone to crazy categorical statements. But, I mean, let's face it. Here's what the Bible says to an evangelist in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Very familiar to some of you guys. Preach the word, be urgent in season and out of season, and hear the next things. And this is specifically what he's saying to me, to Jeff, Douglas Jacoby, those who, you know, who preach. He says, uh, correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You guys like careful instruction right? You like patience right? Like people that paid. You like to be rebuked right? You like to be corrected right? I mean the best heart in this audience today still dislikes being corrected. We like to figure out things on our own with our own brilliance you know and deduction but the Bible is meant to Be preached and it's met, all scripture is inspired by God. And it's the same thing in chapter 3. It's inspired by God to teach us and to correct us and to course correct us. You notice that in your week, you got to course correct, you got to constantly be doing it when you're driving, other kind of things. And this is what the Bible, you know, does for us. And so, as we are thinking about this, I want you to really do your best to allow yourself to be influenced by the Bible. Okay, I'm going to put some very important scriptures on the screen and put them to your attention and ask you to deal with them and to pray about because the real sincere seeker of God will take this information will take the book of Matthew we're zeroing on Matthew this week and then it goes through Mark Luke and John in the upcoming weeks you'll take this material and you will study it out for yourself and determine what your convictions are fair And so at the very end, our takeaways are going to be study these passages of Scripture and the whole book, you know, of Matthew on this topic. And then secondly, get in conversations about it, okay, with your family, with your friends, with your small group you know those that you, uh, you, you, you trust and rely on and then lastly to pray for God's will not my will but your will be done that's gonna be a takeaway, okay you got it right at the beginning we'll hit it at the end because we gotta do some work on this alright I wanna uh, tell you right up front I have been influenced in the last couple of weeks I definitely have been influenced let me tell you what's influenced me okay the uh, the first thing that has influenced me is just that crazy book of James I mean that is something else Okay, remember how Jeff talked about it, you know, last time and talked about uh, Douglas talking about uh, James 4 and sort of a communal, what do you call it, communal rebuke or something like that, that we all are commun- being communally uncomfortable. Maybe that was a phrase, I don't know. Book of James will do that, because the book of James really hits at our, our cultural preoccupation with wealth, with worldliness, the way we view other people, and it's not a spiritual way at all. It's very straightforward. Straightforward, and yeah, I've been influenced by that, and uh, also in listening again to the different sermons and reading through that, I've been influenced by our discussions as an, as a leadership group with all with our elders, with our evangelists, with our senior staff, where we have talked about exactly the kind of thing that that Matt brought uh, talked about. Our church has been growing fairly dramatically, but it hasn't been completely reflected in our overall giving, there are probably many factors for that, and we felt like, you know what, we need to do some teaching on this and address it. Now, we'd already had this planned out five months ago about what the teaching would be over this period of time on generosity and compassion through Job and James and uh, the life and teachings of Jesus and the Gospels and the Apostle Paul, but we've been having discussions about it and really praying about this because we know that this is just a symptom of spiritual health or not. At the end, again, our first takeaway is going to be, when, when we talk about financial resources and money and different things that we've got, it is not about money. It is about stewardship. It's about God's own everything. He's entrusted me with a certain amount. I'm his manager. It's about spiritual health. It's about Jesus is Lord. The financial piece is just a symptom you know, of all of that. But yeah, I've been influenced by those discussions. I've been influenced by financial peace. Anybody else? About 150 of our members have taken financial peace university courses. And it's, uh, of course, Dave Ramsey is, you know, sort of the uh, initial engine behind that and many people around the country have uh, you know embraced that and it really teaches being responsible with our money and with our stewardship, especially if we call ourselves Christians, and to be able to get out of debt and to be able to, to view these resources as a way to bless other people's lives. And so the people that have taken financial peace have said over and over and over again to me and to several other uh, members on our leadership group, elders and evangelists, can we, can we somehow teach financial peace or at least this information to the whole church and so uh, there was a training earlier this week okay on Monday and Tuesday in one of the local churches and I went and John Haynes went and Charles Arnett you know there was a cost to it so we, you know inside three of us would be good and so for two entire days just being focused on that and really being able to see financially, culturally, what is going on in our culture and what's going on even in some of the best of our of our churches, okay? It was very enlightening and to realize that according to the stats, 70% of you are kind of shackled right now and not able to give like you'd like to because of debt, bad habits, other kinds of things, and a lack of real teaching from when you were young to be able to get on the right uh, on the right basis, all right? And so, wow, okay, so yeah, I've been influenced by that because you go over a lot of scriptures, you know, on this kind of thing and a lot of very practical things. I'm actually absolutely... Uh, influenced by Kelly and I's own personal convictions over the last forty years of being married and how we go about our finances and how we view offering and giving in the church definitely influenced by that and then most of all I've been influenced by spending two weeks studying the book of Matthew the teachings of Jesus Christ on compassion and on generosity let's look at our first passage in Matthew chapter 9 okay we're uh, we're gonna move quickly okay we'll move quickly because we only have a limited amount of time so you're gonna have to take this if you're a serious seeker of God and want to be a Christian you know and have Jesus the Lord of your life and just live a wise life you know you're gonna have to take these things and study them out and review them on your own but let's look on this uh, briefly on this whole you know uh, whole, whole topic of compassion you know, in the book of Matthew, uh, compassion is mentioned uh, four or five times. And it's generally, there are several occasions where compassion is mentioned when Jesus is healing people. They're sick, they're blind, they're hurting, and he has compassion on them, and he has the ability to heal, and he does. He really cares. You know, he's got some things he's doing, but he takes the time to reach out and to meet needs. In addition to that, in chapter 15, he sees people who are hungry. And the Bible says that, Jesus had compassion on them just because they were hungry and they needed something to eat. Okay, it wasn't a massive spiritual issue. They weren't about to die, you know, but uh, he cared. And so he met that need when they were. And then this one, of course, is one of the ones we're most familiar with, where Jesus looked out at people and he had compassion on them. And he said to them, he cared about them, and he looked at the guys and he said, these guys are like sheep without a shepherd, and then he asked us to do something. Well, who did he ask? Disciples. You a disciple this morning? Important question. Okay, but if you are, or you aspire to be, here's what he said, okay, to the disciples. He said, you should pray, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, and pray that we can get more people out there to help people come to God. Because they care about it. We had this whole thing in Jonah. He didn't care. God had to get his attention to start caring about, you know, all people. And this is very important. And yeah, amen. I've got to lift up the campus ministry. You know, so far last week, nine people baptized into Christ because you guys care. Okay, because you are on a mission and you're learning to care about people. Don't pat yourself on the back too much because you're probably going to get nailed on some of these other passages, you know, coming up. But on, on this point, you're a great example, wouldn't you agree? Okay, and there's so many others, so many others who are great examples in many areas of this, but, and we do know at certain age, and certain life situations, you have more ability, more time, more able to focus and flexibility, and that we all want to live campus lifestyles, but all of us, if we have a compassion like God, we first of all start praying, and maybe here's a way you could do it, kind of glance to your, to your left and right on your aisle. Now take a quick glance? We're talking about those people. To pray that they'll be what? Workers, not just worshipers. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Praying for the people in our family group. Praying for the people in our, our own families. Okay, and praying for those who are following Christ to be workers. Why? Because we care about people and want them to get their lives put together. That's it. Okay, it's, uh, you know, it's compassion. As you keep reading through the book of Matthew, you'll see this theme again and again. Now, Jesus did talk a great deal about our financial resources and about money. Are you aware of that? It's not about the money, but it is about stewardship and it is about God. And it is about priorities and what we view as important and how we order our life. Some of us are doing a wonderful job. Others are still learning. Some of us knew it in the past, and we slipped into some bad you know, and bad habits. But Jesus talked a lot about this. We're just going to highlight a few passages. Yeah, he talked about taxes, too. Okay, we're not going to go there. Okay, but he, he talked about you pay taxes because render under Caesar. What's Caesar's? And uh, when he needed to, you know, he had a nice way of doing this. He needed money for taxes. He said, Peter, go fishing, and there's a coin in that fish's mouth. That was nice. That was, that was nice you know, nice to be able to do that here. But, uh, he said pay taxes even to a government that's pretty pathetic. Okay? There's an election coming up and according to what everybody tells us, at least fifty percent of our country are going to be unhappy with the results. Right? You're going to stop paying your taxes? Hmm, thought about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Jesus said pay your taxes. Okay, take advantage of whatever deductions, other kind of things that you have. But, I mean, we're not going to get deep into that, but that's just what he said. You know, whether you're happy or not happy with the, uh, the present leadership, you know, that it's, you know, it's there, feel strongly enough about it, you change locations, you know, uh, you know if you can. All right, but he- here's the big thing that Jesus talks about with money when we start off. It's worry. Okay, it's worry. It's one of the worry about your life and, and, and what you have and do you have enough and sometimes how am I being perceived by others and can I feel good about myself because of what I'm making or how much money I have and stuff like this. Jesus says it's, it's a very central issue and Jason, thank you last week for giving a good illustration of what it means to seek first the kingdom of God that you labored with this to try to make a decision not on where you would get the most money but where you could seek God kingdom first in your family and we all have to come up with decisions like that right some of them pretty much on a weekly basis but certainly in, in major decisions in our life but Jesus will say Wor- worry is a big deal and we're gonna have to study out the scriptures on this to be able to get, uh, to be able to get some, you know, some help with this in addition to that alright this is really really important and this is why any good teaching on this will let us know No, it's not about money, it's about spiritual health. If you remember, Douglas, when he taught us two weeks ago, he said, money is not evil, it's dangerous. Did you know that? It's dangerous. It can be a great tool, and and the Bible tells us the love of money. Now, if you go there, it's the root of all kinds of evil. Now, you can do wonderful things with finances, okay, and resources, whatever you've got it's not evil but it is dangerous and let me tell you how dangerous according to Dr. Jesus. Jesus when he identifies four areas of how you're going to respond to the Word of God. One, you're, you're closed in your heart, and you, you, you know, no I don't want to do this, I quit, whatever. Okay. Secondly, there's this, uh, there's this seed that he said, you guys, many of you are very familiar with this, Matthew chapter 13. If you're not, dig in and study because you're going to find yourself in one of these four soils. The second soil is is superficial soil a lot of rocks somebody makes a decision but then they quickly give it up okay and it's an emotional decision and uh and then there's the third one before you get to the good soil the third one is is the word of god that falls among the the soil with thorns or weeds any of you guys ever had experience with weeds in your yard if they go unattended right You know, they may look okay for a while. Hey, that's even kind of pretty, you know? You know, they will choke the life out of the other good stuff. True or false? It's true. All right? And what Jesus identifies here, this is like really important, especially for those of us that are kind of getting on and, uh, you know, maybe into some uh, years where we're earning money, okay, and we're collecting, you know, gathering resources and providing for families and that sort of thing. According to Jesus... The two things here in Matthew that will choke the life out of somebody and keep you from being mature or fruitful and strong spiritually are the worries of this life. Didn't we just read about that? The worries about this life and the deceitfulness of what? Of wealth. It will choke your spiritual life. Do you see why the elders and evangelists are concerned about this? It's not just, hey, what are we collecting on a weekly basis? That's just a symptom, okay? But to make sure we're really teaching on this and and, and making all of us aware of this. This this is a non-debatable passage, okay, if you're studying out the Scriptures and you're trying to understand Jesus' teaching on money. Now, you can go to so many different sources. It could be a Dave Ramsey, you know, sort of thing. It could be the treasure principle that some of you are familiar with. It could be just some general, you know, overview of what the Bible, you know, has to say about finances. But Jesus spoke about money all of the time. Sixteen of like the 38 parables have to do with money or financial resources. Some people have added up the verses in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, what we call the Synoptic Gospels, and find out that Jesus makes a reference money or possessions about one out of every ten verses and even that's kind of conservative depending on how you add up it's really amazing when you look at this because you know just just what we looked at what will take you out and we, we know this through history what will take you out I'll just say as a man since I'm a man and I'll talk to us men what takes you out as a man money sex and pride throughout all of history just look it up throughout all of history. Some of the most evil, gross, and just, just very bad things have happened in people's lives and families. You know, with that, we understand this. And here's how Jesus said, he said, gang, you've got to be sure that you're storing up for yourself. He's already talked about seeking the kingdom of God first. You've got to really make sure you're storing up for yourself treasures in, where? Is there a heaven? Are you going to go there? You gonna have anything up there? Hope you hope hope you'll put stored a lot away. Okay, now I don't know everything that passage means, except it's true. And I get the first part: don't store up for yourself. Are there some parables on that one? Yeah, I think I'll just. Oh, this is nice, man. I'm collecting more and more instead of being rich toward God. You'll get to that when you get the book, you know, Luke. And then he goes on. He says, "For where your treasure is." That's where your heart's going to be. And then he goes on and says, you can't serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. When you get into the book of Luke, you're going to see in Luke chapter 16, Jesus made this statement, and then it goes on. It's really interesting. The the, the Bible says the Pharisees and Sadducees, who were lovers of money, ridiculed Jesus. Because they were going, well, that's not true. I love money. And I love God. It can take you out. And so, is it, is it evil? It's dangerous. So you want to use it in a great way to make sure you are working with your money and finances in a principled, intentional way. Whatever you decide that you have taken the time to decide to have conversations, to study the Scriptures, to ask for God's will, it's a very important area, not just, obviously, in the life of the church, but just in the life of... Uh, of how we go about, you know, things. Now, okay, I'm just going to go quickly through here. I'm sure I'm going through all of your favorite scriptures this morning, all right? Here's another one. Very applicable to the religious South. Where there's someone who is, we can affectionately say, it's the rich young ruler, you remember? Okay, the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, and he comes up to Jesus, he says, Jesus, I've done all of these commandments, obeying my parents and being nice to people and going to church all my life, what am I lacking? And Jesus told him to go and sell everything he had. Because <laughs> that was an issue for this guy. He, he didn't tell that to everybody, but he told it to this guy, because he saw his heart and where he was at. And then he went on to say, the guy went away happy or sad? He went away sad because he had great wealth. That's what the Bible says, that's what Jesus told us. Here, he goes on, and says, then he talks to us, the disciples, he says, guys, let's gather around, I need to tell you what just went on right there. How hard it is I want to tell you how hard it is for the rich to enter the Kingdom of Heaven. It's easier to get through the uh, camel to get through the eye of a needle, than for a rich man to get into the Kingdom of God. Can rich people get into the Kingdom of God? Yes! Because you sort of want to be! Yes! If you do it the right way, if God blesses you with it, and you use it, okay, is it, is it evil to be rich? No. James already talked about, okay, here's how the rich brothers and sisters ought to, ought to view things. And Paul does the same in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We'll see this later on as we go through the series. Is it dangerous? You bet. You bet. And so he said, is it hard? Is it hard? And something interesting is going to happen in just a few days. We're going to have some of our very special friends in North River that are going to be returning to us. And they're coming from Africa and they're coming from the Middle East. They've been touring around with, with, with Douglas, actually about 140, you know, from you know, all over the country and the world, but, but many people from the North River are walking in the footsteps of where Jesus walked and they're in a different part of the world. And then we have not just Mark and Lynn but some of our other members have been in Africa and they've been in some very poor poor places. I could almost virtually guarantee you one of the things that many of those people are going to be feeling. When they get back here, they're going to come back here and they're going to go, "Wow, we got a lot." Wow, I got a headache because I'm looking at 42 brands of cereal. What What do I do? We got a lot. Is it wrong? No. What are we doing with it? Fair. But they are going to come back because many of you have had this experience. Um, I remember back years ago when some people from uh, different parts of the country would come and visit with some of us. I didn't live here at the time so I'm going to give myself a pass on this one. I was simply in Southern California where nobody really cares about wealth you know and riches and you know so Kelly and I were exempt. But they would come here to the Atlanta area and even be with some of us in our church and they would just go wow you know the two things they talked about? There are a lot of trees. There are a lot of trees. It's good. A lot of allergies too. And then when they would go, wow, the houses are so big. They're so big. They were talking about some of our houses. If you happen to be blessed with a big house, and you know yours isn't big because somebody else has a bigger one, right? But if you happen to be blessed with a biggish house, how about we use it for God? How about we have people in? You know, Jesus told some pharaohs about that. How about we not get infatuated with it where we're thinking more about decorating it than using it for God's glory, okay? Have the conversations among yourself on how to use your house. And how wise it is to get in how much mortgage debt or whatever for it. And what you can have is have the conversations with God and with each other. This is, I just can't emphasize this enough. Again, I'm going to keep doing This is like so serious. He goes on, he talks about something called the parable of talents, okay? And that's not talents in the sense of your gifts and inclinations. It, they're bags of gold. They're, 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 they're measures of money. And so Jesus gave the example of different people were giving different amounts of money, just as we have in this auditorium. God has made us stewards of different amounts. It's not all the same. But how do we use it? And the the person who didn't use it, this is what Jesus said. That was a tough verse before. But here's what he says. Take that guy, throw him out of here in darkness. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's pretty serious about it. But, you know, I just... uh, I feel uncomfortable here because... We should be opening up the Bible because some of you have never been riveted and even seen these verses before. Or it's been way too long. Do you see what the Bible says about this? He says, there should not even be a what? A hint of sexual immorality or impurity. Moms, you believe that about your kids? About ourselves? You want that to be uh, how your husband handles it? Look at this, Not even a hint of sexual immorality or impurity, okay? And yeah, young people, you got to take this one seriously because it's a complete opposite of what our culture goes and even where some of our natural inclinations are. All right, but then he goes on, he says, "Because or of what? Which is what? Not a hint of what? Greed because it's idolatry." And then the Bible says, let me, just let me put it out here. Jesus would say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, as he did in Matthew 13, parable of the sower. James would say, listen, just like Jeff told us last week as he was going through chapter 4. And what Paul says, the Apostle Paul will say, okay, gang, just take this one to the bank. You can be sure of this. I'm not a politician talking, trying to get elected. You can be sure of this, believe me, whatever. But you be sure of this. Can you read? You have a Bible? I mean, it's in the Bible. We've got to talk about it. Or just be something else besides the Church of Jesus. This you can be sure. No immoral person, no impure person, or a greedy person, that's an idolater, has any inheritance of this treasure in heaven. That should at least get a conversation going. With us and God, God, please help me to never be greedy. It's easier to tell if somebody's in bed with somebody of the opposite sex when they're not married than it is if they're greedy, right? It's easier to tell if somebody's messing around on the internet with stuff than it is to know if they're greedy. That's the thing that gets into the heart, because you can have a ton of money and be incredibly generous, and you can have almost nothing and be so chintzy and so dominated by money. And greedy, you know, for, you know, for more. And then we go on. Wow. Okay, another one of our favorite scriptures. Let's write down our top ten favorite scriptures. Tom, you just really we're enjoying this one, okay? It's the topic. Here he says to the church, okay, that if anybody claims, okay, to be a brother or sister in Christ, a Christian, a disciple, if they claim to be that, but they're sexually immoral, they're greedy, an idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, a swindler, don't even eat with that person, and then the natural question is, that judging people? And God says, no, 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 no. He said, it's not my business to judge those outside the church. Be loving, compassionate, they choose their own lifestyles, they choose their own priorities, they choose, you know, that's not who I'm talking about, I'm talking about us, who name the name of Jesus. That's where we got to be, be, be straightforward with each other. Aren't you to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. And then expel. Now, this is for another, a topic for another day. i got to admit, I've been in, the, in, the, in, in our churches for like 46 years. I celebrated my 46th spiritual birthday. Got baptized when I was a freshman in campus. And uh, i I got to tell you, I've never, ever been in a church that I've been where somebody got disciplined for being greedy. There are people who've been in immorality, you know, or sin, or God, or slander, you know, or causing division, and you don't know, try to lovingly say you can't be a part of this church. Okay? Because of the scriptures. I've never, maybe you have, but that's because it's so squishy, isn't it? It's so squishy, but how about we at least ask the question to God God, am I greedy? A- 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 am I putting money too much on a pedestal or possessions or prestige on a possession that actually is leading me away from you and causing me to be, to not be mature spiritually. Men, we know if you're messing around and you're not good in your purity how that will drain your spiritual life, right? It just drains you down. And you know, think of whatever your sin is. where you're, But if you got this stuff we're talking about that Jesus is talking about and that a wrong attitude toward money and possessions, it will drain you of your spiritual life and vision. It'll just drain it out of you. And you can't mature. Uh, let's let God try to help us in, uh, you know, in this way. Okay. What I'm going uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to basically say all this wonderful stuff. Let's count the pages. I mean, stuff really is on my heart. And I really want to be a safe. but there are other times. You plan to come back to church again? (laughs) Won't be me next week, it'll be Jeff. Either buckle your seatbelts and read the book of Mark, or don't come. And then it's going to be Luke. Won't get any better. And then it'll be John. And then it'll be Apostle Paul. And it may not all be quite as straightforward as this. Okay, was this straightforward? Yes. It, it may not be quite with this straightforwardness and this kind of tone. Okay, but we're looking at some serious passages, and we'll be looking at some other aspects of this and other angles of this. We'll have more time to talk about it. But I would just like to, uh, you know, to to, to tell you, it, it is, you know, read this one too. There is a precedent. This is how they did it in the first century. Yeah. They, they they took up an offering, our collection, on the first day of the week when they met, so they could be able to meet needs. Okay, it's uh, God's people always did in the Old Testament. They gave a tithe of their money so they could help out the temple and the worship and, and God's kingdom and all that kind of thing. We have a similar pattern now, although many of us give monthly or online or every other or what. But we thought about it, okay? There is stuff in the, in the scriptures on this, and there is a reason to, you know, to be able to consider it. But the, the final principle I'll say, freely receive, so freely give, right? Be be, be be gracious in the same way God has been gracious to us. And then he also, I don't want you to, uh, to, to, to not know that Jesus talked about other things than money. You know, are you aware that uh, even if you give, if you give a cup of water to somebody, and meet a need, you know, and care about them. You know, one of these who's, who's my disciple, he said, you're not going to lose your reward. Okay, whether it's reward in this life or in the, in, in the life after we pass from here. And so there, there's, there are warnings in uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about money, but there are also much inspiration, you know, uh, as well. And, of course, the biggest one is to be like Christ, is to be like God. That's the why. That's where the Holy Spirit in you, if you're a Christian, is trying to make me and you just more and more giving and loving and God-like. Okay? And the takeaways. Okay? Here's, here's my takeaways. We'll talk about more about these kinds of things, I'm sure. And, uh, but, but it's not about the money. It's about stewardship. It's about lordship. It's about priorities. It's about discipline. It's about, you know, bigger things. It's about our heart. Secondly, have conversations about this. Have conversations about this. I had a conversation with one of my really good friends because we've been thinking about this area, and I'm just starting to talk to my friends. How are you doing? What are you? I haven't been doing so good in my giving. What's up? He, he said, "Well, we haven't haven't given, uh, you know, for X number of months because of X, Y, I said, "Okay, I understand. There's a process and thinking in that. Did, did you get any? Did you talk to anybody? Did you get, get any counsel on that, like from another mature Christian?" He said, "No. Did you did you talk to your wife about it?" Oh, no, not really. I kind of handled I said, you know what? That would be a good idea. Don't you agree? Have conversations with your wife, with your close friends. Talk about it. Okay? And do it, uh, do it in a uh, game perspective. Be humble. Give the benefit of the doubt to people. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know that goes on in people's lives okay i looked over this one obviously we said at the very beginning study the scriptures for your own convictions then just pray pray for god's will pray your will be done father jesus is lord